Hi there and welcome to Abroad with Care, the 10-minute podcast that makes health easy for expats in Asia. My name is Andrea and every day I help expats make the most of their life abroad. With this podcast, you will finally get the practical answers you need on budgets, hospitals, maternity and many more topics. Twice a month, leading experts will share advice and tips to help you protect yourself and your family. This podcast is created in partnership with April International, a leading insurance services group supporting expats when it matters. Jack Ma famously said that it was a blessing to be a part of the 996 work culture. This practice of working from 9am to 9pm, six days a week, is very common in Asian countries. Taking this into consideration, and as an expat in Hong Kong and Singapore, what working lifestyle should you expect? What is the impact of long working hours on your health? And most importantly, how can you protect yourself and prevent burnout? To answer these questions, I'm thrilled to welcome a true expert on this topic, Damien Mulek, osteopath, functional medicine practitioner and director of Central and Stanley Wellness in Hong Kong. But first, let's listen to Nick's story. Nick has been living in Asia for the last 11 years. The first eight of those were in Singapore and the last three have been spent in Hong Kong. Coming from the UK, Nick had quite a shock with the work culture in the region. Yes, yeah, so I, I work in the yacht industry, so it's um, quite full on all the time. Uh, my typical day is, I think, like most other people. So I'm in the office normally from nine till six or, or well beyond um, with work continuing when you get home, as, as we all do. As a lot of us in Asia, the, the, the work ethic is, is very strong, which is good, something I, something I enjoy, but uh, much more perhaps work focused and uh, high energy and, and uh, longer working hours, I think, as we're all, we're all accustomed to out here in Asia. We're fortunate to work in, uh, in these sort of vibrant cities, so enjoying that very much still, which is why I'm still here, I guess. People very much um, putting work, work first in, in a lot of cases. Yeah, I think, I think it's probably been exaggerated as well during the, during the COVID time. You know, that, that strong work ethic, uh, we, we do work a lot here every day. I guess that differs across across industries but certainly over the last couple of years it's, it's become um, almost quite repetitive hasn't it just uh, everyone's very much focusing on work at the same time I think we're very grateful to have that um, that strong work ethic because it allows us to you know power through these these more difficult times and, uh, and have a very clear focus so but uh, I think we could all we could all do with a bit of a break that's for sure but for me I'm starting to feel it more now sort of into the second into the second year of it I'm from the UK and, and still traveling from from Hong Kong to the UK and back is, is very troublesome with a long quarantine. And Hong Kong doesn't seem to be loosening on those rules at all. Whereas Singapore now, you can now travel quarantine-free between the two countries. So I probably will not go home this Christmas again. So that will be two years since seeing family. So I think the effects of COVID on, on us, work stress-related, will perhaps become more apparent next year. Um, certainly, I, I, I would like to go back now um, and just find the right opportunity to do it, but it's difficult. Um, today it will be very interesting to shed some light on why we can see such a strong work culture in Asia, um, what the impact of this can be on health and what expats can do to cope with these changes. Um, hi Damien, thanks for joining us today and discussing such a relevant topic. Good morning Andrea, hope you're well. Yes, uh, I think it's important to um, firstly understand what the working culture looks like in Asia in countries such as Hong Kong, Singapore, Japan, and China, maybe. So could you give us a bit of an insight on this? 
So firstly, um, Asians have got different work ethics because it's very important to be seen at work for long hours. So most, most Asians are very work conscious. They get to work at the right time and they stay for as long as possible. They want to be seen doing some work. It's important also to keep faith in the family and make sure that the hierarchy and the job title is definitely kept along. There's a sense of following the rules that you can see in Asia a lot, where people just make sure that they arrive on time, stay for lunch, stay extra hours, listen to what their boss has said, and come come home and just show their family that they've basically been working quite long hours. It's It's kind of the way it is. Hong Kong is often referred as being the New York of Asia. People just work all the way through till like 9, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, midnight. We have to also have to remember that the, the high executives that come to Hong Kong and Singapore, Japan, usually have to work with Europe and the United States. At the end of the day, they start getting the calls from Europe and later on in the day, they get the calls from New York. But sometimes they have a, a call at midnight or 1am with New York. Mm. So it's clear that people in Hong Kong and Singapore are quite hardworking. I suppose there's no concept of, like you mentioned, a typical eight-hour work day. I'm sure they'll have a busy social life as well. So as a consequence, many people don't sleep enough. What is the impact on this on health? What you can see usually is that when the um, the stress levels increase and your sleep is drastically reduced, it starts affecting your ability to think, your mental health starts being impacted and you start being a little bit irritable and you start getting also digestive issues, which I found was one of the most common things. So for example, people who are under high level of stress and no sleep tend to produce a lot of cortisol. So their cortisol levels increase over time and start affecting their gut health. When the gut health starts to deteriorate, they start getting different complications. Like it starts with IBS type digestive issues, then you can go to like a more more cardiovascular issue or autoimmune type issues. And when that's combined with mental health, it can also lead to depression and anxiety. You have to really be careful of how you cope with those mechanisms, how you really just really balance your lifestyle at, at that level to make sure you just don't fall down the rabbit hole and just have a burnout or have more severe issues like cancer. And additionally, I, well, the number of leave days is also lower than in many other countries. Um, the common practice in Hong Kong and Singapore is about 14 days of annual leave. Um, in spite of these long working hours, what can we do to avoid fatigue and exhaustion? So, yeah, exercise is probably the main key for the, the, ex, the people out here. And you'll see that people in those countries do exercise a lot compared to to, to Europe, I found. Um, the other thing is um, that's becoming more and more prominent is incorporating meditation and mindfulness into your daily living. Like a 20-minute meditation can be like a savior for your exhaustion levels because people need to learn how to just have a break mentally and recharge and even go for a walk or listen to a podcast and just basically reflect on on yourself and what you're doing at the moment rather than just constantly be at it all the time and recognizing this the sign and make sure you have a break 
Mm. On that note, um, like you've mentioned, coping with stress is a common challenge, really. Um, And excessive stress can even lead to burnouts, like you mentioned. So what are the signs of burnout? What should we look out for? Burnout, it's a tricky one because people have got different levels of resilience and some people can go into a pre-burnout phase for a long time as compared to others who can just fall into it very quickly. I found that insomnia, irritability and short-term memory loss are the first signs of a burnout because people start becoming frantic and it's becoming like a self-protective mechanism where you start just working constantly to just protect to protect yourself protect who you are and just have a focus but by doing that they they deteriorate and just go down to the rabbit hole really quickly so often as i said earlier another sign of a burnout you see yeah these people have start getting digestive issues because your cortisol level your stress level increase drastically that it starts affecting your digestion and it's a chain reaction you, you don't eat as well. You just become psychologically more stressed. You become a little bit more fatigued. And then you go down the rabbit hole with malnutrition and increased psychological dysfunction, increased cortisol level, and it gets worse and worse to the point where fatigue and exhaustion kicks in and you can't go to work. Mm, I think it would also be quite interesting to briefly mention what the impact of COVID-19 has been on burnouts. We've definitely seen with COVID-19, an increase in workload with people because people have been working from home, right? Some people have said, oh, it's great. I could have a little bit of a break and I feel comfortable. But most people have said, I work so much with COVID because I kept working all day, all night because I had no boundaries. I couldn't go out. So I just started working more and more. So we could see that continuous working without a break contributed to potential burnout. But I think that the greater impact of uh, of COVID causing burnouts was the lack of social interaction. When people stop interacting with friends and having that um, sense of community and then sense of belonging to someone and purpose, their mental health deteriorates really quickly. And then the burnout kicks in with the workload. Yeah, it's been a tough situation. Um, and on that note, what can we do to prevent burnout? This is first-hand experience I'll give you. Uh, I, I probably have been close to a burnout a few times. No, I've been told, but you've, you're always told that you're close to a burnout and you just look at the people and you go, no, no, don't tell me that I'm burnout. I know exactly where I'm at and that I'm totally okay. Firstly, the, your, your, your partners and your loved ones never recognize that they're going through a burnout and they never listen to people. When people say, you need to take a step back. I think you're doing too much. And the people who love you, listen to them. Step one. If you do that, you can mentally just take a break and you start feeling how good you feel when you're just off work, even for two or three days, even if you're not traveling. We're not traveling at the moment, so it doesn't matter. Just I took three weeks in Hong Kong in July. By week three, I felt as good as if I'd been to Phuket for two weeks. It, it does work, just taking a break off work without doing anything, really just unplugging. It's important in that time to, I find it, to do something for yourself, something that's like totally different that gives you pleasure because we, when we're close to a burnout or in that phase, we lose pleasure. We're just on automatic and robotic mode where we just go, 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 go. So just do something totally random. Just You've never 
done windsurfing, go and take windsurfing lessons. You never played tennis, go and play tennis, you know. That will break the pattern of the continuous workload. Do at the same time, I think it's important to spend time with your loved ones and just, you know, reconnect with your family, you know, your, your children, just spend time with your children. And of course, take uh, avoid alcohol and caffeine, pay attention to your diet, sleep well. These are standard stuff. They're very important because the moment you start uh, drinking a lot of coffee or start to say, taking the habit of going out for drinks every night, you chase your tail, even if you're on a break. Finally, I would say uh, what I found quite quite helpful were those, those um, health device track tracking, the track your sleep activity, the track everything. It really gives you an idea or potentially a, an objective uh, point of view of where you are and how your health is. Also, again, and I'll repeat it again, and I think it's going to become very prominent in the in the next generation, is to learn how to meditate. All the meditation teachers that I've been speaking to, they say 20 minutes a day can change your life. Learning how to just take a break, be mindful, just rest a little bit, just learn how to breathe, will increase your immunity, reduce your mental health issues, and prolong your life. Mm, yeah, thanks. Thanks for sharing insight into it, the topic, and really for sharing these useful tips. Um, I definitely agree. Thanks again, Damien. No problem, Andrea. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening to Abroad with Care. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss out on any health-related topics. Your friends may have the same questions as you, and you can help them out by sharing this episode with them. Do you want to know more regarding health insurance? April International is here for you. Find out more information at asia.april-international.com.